Hello and welcome to another InventRight TV show. My name is Andrew Krauss. I co-founded InventRight with Stephen Key. And we've been coaching and mentoring inventors for the last 21 years. We've had students in 65 countries. And guess what? Stephen and I don't do all the coaching anymore. We have coaches. So we wanted to introduce you to our coaches, talk about various issues that our students encounter so you can learn from our coaches. And today we have the incredible Amy Jo Brogan. She's an amazing coach who's been with us at EventRight for a very long time. Welcome, Amy Jo. Thank you for having me. Hi, Andrew. Hi, hi. So you and I talked about a topic. Let's just jump right in. You talked about yeah. students struggling with uh, following up. And so yes. I want to talk about, you know, some fears there, some problems. We can't cover them all. Because there's, there's right. but following up, and what do we mean by following up? We mean like they've they've got the product in, and now mm -hmm. they need to follow up with with folks. Yeah. Um, so, what are some of your thoughts? Let's just get going here. So, well, thank you for that. Um, so, I see a lot of different reasons why my students have challenges with doing their follow ups. Um, first, first and foremost, when it comes to contacting companies. For a lot of people, a lot, especially a lot of creative people, they when they get to the contacting company stage, they, it's like they're like deer in headlights. You know, they're not comfortable with making those phone calls, whether it's because they're afraid of rejection or it's just unfamiliar territory for them. Mm -hmm. And and so just making those initial calls can be a challenge within itself. And then once we get over that hurdle, then, you know, making sure to be consistent with your follow-ups can also be challenging because they think like, okay, I, I was able to identify the point of contact and this is what their submission process is. And I sent my sell sheet off. I'm good. You know, they're going to love it and I'm done, you know, and that's not the case, you know, because these people are busy as we all know or should know if you don't. Um, and so we always want to be like, we all talk about being a polite pest and you want to make sure to space out your follow-ups, but follow-ups are just as important as, as that initial submission. And every single time you do your follow-up, you're going to want to make sure to reattach your sell sheet for their convenience. So they don't have to dig, um, through their emails you want, or, or include your video and that type of thing. Um, but like you I mean, said, I mean, Amy, we, Joe, you mean, you don't drop an email, say, did you get my email? And you don't do that? Is that what you're telling me? No. Yeah. You do not do that. No. How come you haven't replied usually, to my email without reattaching everything or showing them you sent it earlier? Like, well, but right. they should have replied. You know, I'm just kidding. They I'm not kidding replied. actually at all, but. <laughs> I, I know they should reply, you know, and a lot of people get frustrated with like, well, that's just unprofessional. You know, we, you know, they should, if somebody sends you an email, you need to reply. But you also have to understand that they get hundreds of emails per day. You know, and so they're they're busy people. But yeah, with the that's a great point, Andrew, to bring up. Like, okay, well, when you do send them a follow-up email, what do you say? What do you send? Right? Um, and it's making sure to reattach your sell sheet and or video. And and then just say, Hey, I sent this to you last week or two weeks ago. Just wanted to touch base to see if you have a chance to take a look at it or to review it. Um, I've reattached it here in for your convenience. So you know, being extremely polite. What you're telling me is it's normal that some people, they, they, they're so, which they should be, they're so proud of themselves that they got in and they said, yes, send it over, right? Whether it's mm -hmm. via LinkedIn or via the phone, however you got permission to send your information. But they're so proud of that. But now they think like, oh, I'm in. Like, I'm just like, yeah. 
they're just gonna respond to me within minutes and stuff and that's just not true like you said they might get 100 emails a day goes to the bottom of the inbox you got to send it again and sometimes mm -hmm. people get really upset that i talked yeah. to them and they didn't get back to me you know and it's like yeah. it's you know if if people have done any sort of sales in the past i don't see what we're doing is really sales you're just showing them how they're going to make money in the sell sheet or videos doing this doing the selling for you but if you've mm -hmm. done any sort of sales you know you have to follow up multiple times and that's a hard yep. thing for people to accept when they're new to yep. doing this when they're licensing well and understanding like you want to get in the right mindset with it so like what you're saying andrew you know when you're when you follow up with them if you're not if you don't have any history in sales like that then it's really going to you feel again you're outside of your comfort zone you feel like you're nagging somebody and really we're doing them a favor because we have done all of this work already for free they didn't pay us for it you know yet um and so you know they may have looked at your email and then had to run to a meeting and then got into additional emails and then just apply they may have very well liked your idea so we're actually being a helping hand by doing follow-ups but we're not following up with them every single day no. we're going to follow up with them like about every seven to ten days you want to give them their space give them time to review um and get back to us and if they don't then we follow up do you with the whole licensing process and life in general people are fearful of doing new things and they're fearful mm -hmm. of all the problems what do you think people are fearful with regards to uh following up um are what is what is the fears that they're what are the feelings i think the main one is they don't want to bother people. They don't right. they don't want to inconvenience them. Um, and the other one is, again, it's unfamiliar territory. Um, so just kind of reaching out and and like not knowing how the conversation is going to go. What if they ask me a question that I don't know how to answer? You know, um, and then the other one would be rejection, you know. Every you, you could have the I always say this all the time. You could have the best idea on the planet. But if you do not, if nobody knows it exists, it's not going to go anywhere. So that's why we work so hard to develop it and put those marketing materials together. And you need to showcase it, you know, get it out to everybody. And you need to make sure that all of that hard work is given an, a proper opportunity, you know, for review. With, with your students, this is great advice. With your students, how important is patience? And how do, <laughs> how do you keep them busy so that they're not obsessing and focusing on one company that's their favorite that hasn't replied yet do you see that i know i did back oh, when i was a coach um can mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about that um absolutely so patience is key um so and you want to make sure that you find you find that sweet spot though because some people again because of the fear-based as aspect they'll they'll be too patient and they won't follow up for like two months, you know, it's like, okay, well, you need to, you need to be consistent there. But then on the flip side of the coin, people are like, oh, well, they didn't get back to me in the last two days. I need to call them today, you know, and, and unless you've established a relationship with them or you have a meeting in place, you need to be patient and just find that sweet spot of how do we become a flight pest? Um, right. You know, and uh, what was the other question that you asked? Well, I mean, it's it one of the ways of dealing with impatience. Um, yeah. keeping them busy with reaching out to more companies. Um, yes. 
especially when they Lane have one they're game. really obsessing over, which is not a bad thing. It's okay to be really excited about one company, but got to keep reaching out to more. And is that a nice distraction so they're not as upset that somebody's not replying? Yeah. You always want to keep your I, I completely, I know exactly where you're going with this, Andrew, and thank you for bringing that up because you do want to keep yourself busy in a productive way, though. Don't give yourself busy work on creating, playing with new prototypes if you're already at that stage. Focusing on that, playing the numbers game. Um, and I always tell my students, and I know it's easier said than done, but when it comes to picking favorites on your list of companies that you, you put together, you can you cannot realistically choose a favorite company until you start having conversations with them. So you'll, you know, some people will have their, their mindset on, okay, this is the biggest, this is the gorilla in the industry, right? The biggest mm -hmm. company and my product would be perfect for them. Well, you, you wait because you're nervous about calling them. So you, you wait for them to be the last call on your list. And then they pick up the phone and say, sorry, we don't accept outside ideas. And you get your anxiety built up, you know, you get nervous and all of that. And then it pops your bubble and it's not even a realistic opportunity. So paying attention to when it comes to patience and being realistic. I didn't, what, what's your advice there? I wasn't, I didn't quite get, what's the, what's the takeaway there? I didn't quite the get The takeaway is you cannot make an informed decision as to who your favorite companies would be until you actually start generating interest from them and having conversations with them mm -hmm. and figuring out, I mean, you're interviewing them as well as they're interviewing you, right? Yeah. And so you can figure out even if they are a mid-sized company or a smaller company, but they have nice distribution or they, they want to make your product their priority for their product line mm -hmm. um, versus a larger company that your product may get lost in the shuffle, right. you know, or maybe right. their manufacturing process that takes, you know, like three times as long to make your product before it even sees daylight, you know? So we need to kind of compare different mm -hmm. details and see what's going to be the best fit for this particular product and for what your preferences are um, as the licensee or as a licensor. And, um, and then that's when you can choose a favorite. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you have a big company, but they have small plans for your product. And then you have a medium-sized yep. company, but they got big plans for your product. You might be better off with a medium-sized company. So you thought, well, they're yep. bigger, so it's better. But like I had this one student, like they were like, oh, they they said they were going to put it in Walmart. They got some more information. It's like, oh, no, they were just going to test it on Walmart.com. I'm like, well, there's mm -hmm. a pretty big difference there. It doesn't matter how big the company is. What's their plan for your product? You know, exactly. And you, so yeah. I think you're making an excellent point. Like you got to get into it with them and have discussions about what are their mm -hmm. plans for your product. And then you know, which one is truly better. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're the big company. You're assuming they're going to go bigger. And a lot of times they are, but that's yeah. not always definite, you know, it's um, not always definite. And in order to get to that point, you need to do follow-ups. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, get good. Get in, that's a great way to bring it back around. <laughs> Amy Jo, your advice is amazing. Amy Jo is one of our InventRight coaches. She's been with us a really long time. She's one of our senior coaches. She's a great coach. You can tell she gave some great advice today. I want to remind everybody to take care, keep inventing, and check out more of our coaches because I'm going to continue this series on InventRight TV. Take care, guys. Bye. Thank you, Amy Jo. Thank you. Bye, guys. There's a great idea in each of us. But it's truly magical to see it come to life. 
sharing your creativity with the world has never been easier. We can help. 